Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Thursday, August 24th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. All right, well, here we are, the day after, the day after, you know, the morning after, this is the day after, the first of, I believe, a dozen GOP debates. The next one, by the way, will be about a month from now. I think it's September 27th. September 27th will be the next GOP debate. And the reviews are in. The reviews are in. You know, I do reviews of films every Friday on this show. The reviews of the debates are in. The reviews are in. And uh, Ron DeSantis is the winner. Ron DeSantis is the winner in basically every poll you see, every post-debate poll. Um, that has some kind of scientific method to it. You know, a lot of these post-debate polls have no scientific method. They're just online polls. And often if you go on Twitter and you look at these online polls, they're put up by people who have a certain following, right? So that following is going to skew one way or the other, right? Who the winner was. So, and of course, this is all a very subjective thing, right? It's very subjective. People bring their biases to this, just like people bring their biases to the movies or the theater or to a dinner. People bring their biases to the debates. So it's very hard to put those biases aside. Now, for someone like myself, who's a great critic, I am a great critic of life, I can do that better. Not not perfectly. We all bring our baggage and biases to things, but I can do that better than most people, right? Which is very important. And you'll see people within these campaigns. They have people within those campaigns who tell them the truth, right, about what they saw, what needs to be improved, what worked, so on and so forth. So we're not going to get that insider information, really. All we see is the spin after, right, which is my candidate did the best. They did blah, 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 blah. Here we go. Okay. Hmm. But Fox did put out a poll. This is interesting because this is a Fox poll. Well, Washington Post. But it's really not a Fox poll, although Fox printed it, which I'm surprised because it showed DeSantis winning. But this is a Washington Post poll conducted alongside of uh, Nate Silver's 538 and Ipsos. It's a three-way. It's a three-way. Washington Post, 538, and Ipsos. And there were about, it's a good poll, 775. By the way, some of these Trump polls, positive Trump uh, polling for the election that we've seen, I see sample sizes of like 200, 250, which is absolutely insane. It really is. So this poll was more common between 500 and a thousand is more common. Some of you like to see more than a thousand, but this was 775 potential Republican primary voters. Um, I don't know how they figure out potential Republican primary voters. I've said I'm voting in the Republican primary in March here in California on March 5th for the first time. So do they know I exist? I mean, my record is voting only in the Democratic primary. So to them, do I exist? I don't think I exist when it comes to a potential Republican primary voter. And there are so many people like me. That's why you have to take these polls with a grain of salt, especially with this guy Trump, because there are so many people going to come out and vote against him or for Ron DeSantis or whatever their favorite candidate is. And a lot of those people, especially the DeSantis people like myself, have voted Democrat in the past, right? I think even Ramaswamy 
is a Democrat, right? He's not a registered Republican. In fact, he doesn't even vote in Republican primaries. So there are people like me and 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 uh, and Farmer Swampy and uh, Ramos Marmy um, who uh, probably wouldn't register for this kind of stuff because I've never voted in a Republican primary before. Anyway, take that what you will. So, but in this poll of potential Republican primary voters, twenty nine percent said DeSantis did the best. Coming in second was uh, uh, the aforementioned Farmer Swampy, Ramos Marmy, who got 26. Where is it? I just saw it. Yes. How could? Yeah, 26. Now, remember, understand this, too. A lot of the people voting for Ramaswamy are Trump supporters who are voting for him. They would have voted. Those votes would have gone to Trump. Well, let's say 90% of them, 80% of them would have gone to Trump if Trump were there. But Ramaswamy, as we know, was the Trump surrogate. So Trump voters who don't like DeSantis are voting for Ramaswamy. So take all that with a grain of salt that does not necessarily for Ramaswamy, but more for the guy standing in and supporting Donald Trump. Um, so that's 29, 26. Nikki Haley, see? 15. You see, I told you she did well. You don't have to like her. You couldn't think she's a war hawk, but she got 15% of the vote because I thought she presented herself well as a, an adult, you know? It's a lot these days. Pence came in fourth with seven, followed by Scott and Christie, both with four. Poor Doug Burgum and Asa Hutchison got one, probably because they're not very dynamic. I thought Burgum did a pretty good job. I think he deserves more than one. Um, so Ron DeSantis' communication director, Andrew Romeo, said Ron DeSantis was a clear winner, proved that he's ready to beat Joe Biden and serve as America's 47th president. The debate highlighted that DeSantis is the only candidate with the vision to reverse our nation's decline and revive the American dream. So remember what we talk about the votes that Trump got in 2020 and Biden got, and people always shocked, and the Trumpers... Uh, think that they were stolen because Biden got 81 million in their brains. See, the Trumper brain just can't imagine that so many people hate their Jesus who's died on the cross and come back for them. They can't imagine that. But that's what happened. It wasn't stolen. 81 million people didn't vote for Joe Biden. They voted against Donald Trump. And, and this is very similar here with the Ramaswamy. They're not voting for Ramaswamy. They're voting against Ron DeSantis. That's what these people, that's what these, these Trumpers are doing. They're voting against Ron DeSantis, and they're giving their votes to the guy who's basically running as the Trump surrogate against Ron DeSantis, Ramaswamy. So always understand these polls and these numbers and why they are, why they are what they are. And there's a lot more to it than just it doesn't count or it's rigged or it's whatever it may be. There's reasons for these kinds of things. So the fact that DeSantis still ended up with the highest percentage is a very good thing. A very, very, very good thing, especially with all the attacking of him that Trump has done. The $20 million in anti-DeSantis campaign ads that have been put out by the Trump people against him. And he's still winning these polls. He still came in first in the debate poll. He still has the highest favorability of all of the Republican candidates, including uh, uh, Farmer Swampy, uh, Ramos Marmy, and, uh, and Trump. So these are very good numbers for Ron DeSantis. And he, 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 he did a good job. And as I said yesterday on my, 
my fasts assessment. Uh, I, I agree with my fast assessment, which is that DeSantis was, they like to say presidential, and his people are saying he looked presidential, and he did. But he just simply looked composed and adult and above the fray and disciplined and on message. That's all. So that's what he did, and that's what he wanted to do. And he was asked today why he didn't get involved in some of that those matches, screaming matches. And he said, well, no one hit me with anything. So why should I argue? Why should I get involved in that stuff when it had nothing to do with me? They weren't criticizing me. So I stayed out of it, and I wanted to get my message through. And the less time I have, the more time I spend arguing, the less time I have getting the message through. That's discipline. That really is. You heard no real message from any of the, especially uh, Farmer Swampy, Ramosmarmi, you heard nothing about like what they wanted to do. There were like, you know, uh, uh, generalities. There were speeches. There were impassioned moments, um, you know, but there was nothing really there. Where DeSantis, right off the bat, you could say, this guy wants to kill these people who bring the drugs over and kill our children. He wants to kill the cartels. You knew that right away. He said that, right? I remember that. That that really sticks out. Nothing like that sticks out from any of the other candidates. Nothing. All I heard from Pence was Jesus is going to solve a lot of court problems, or maybe, you know, things might be getting there eventually. Um, from Ramaswamy, Farmer Swampy, all, all I really heard was like platitudes, like we are great. We will be great again. We're great. America, make America great again. Drain the swamp, you know, kind of Trump stuff. But nothing that really comes to like policy, like very exact things. Killing cartel members is a very exact thing, right? Stone dead cartel members. That's a very exact policy. Very exact. No, no one else had anything near that. No one. So a lot of the things Ron DeSantis said uh, stuck out, right? Stuck out. I, I'd fire Fauci. You get Fauci in that room and you say, Tony, you're fired. Very direct. Very direct. I'm going to fire this person. I fired Soros prosecutors. I'm going to fire people like that as president. Very direct, exact things that you can remember. I truly can't remember any real policy stuff from anyone else because there really wasn't any policy stuff from anyone else. I think that's why he did so well. And I think what you're going to see from DeSantis is zero adjustments, zero, zero adjustments. He's just going to continue to do this every debate. Message, stay on message, same message. Don't get involved in stuff unless you are directly called out, which is why I think Trump was, for many reasons, an idiot for not getting involved in this thing. He could have really tried to distract DeSantis by going after him. He wasn't there to do that. And everyone else, you know, can't attack DeSantis on anything. I mean, Trump can't either, but Trump can bring up his childish shit like the sanctimonious and you're not so loyal to me and you're and crap like that. But no one on that stage, including Donald Trump, if he were to join, can criticize Ron on policy. That's why none of those candidates went after him. There's nothing to go after him for. That's going to play well with the conservative Republican base. Zero. What are you going to go after Ron DeSantis on? Yeah, a liberal can in a general election debate 
because they disagree on things like that. They disagree on some of those things that DeSantis did, but conservatives love DeSantis. So what are Republican primary candidates going to attack him on? <laughs> There's nothing. And they know it. They know it. But at least Trump could have been there to try to distract him, to try to get him off his game. All right. He could have tried to get him off his game and he wasn't there to do that. And no one else could do it. So I think Trump is an idiot for not showing up, if, if only for that reason. DeSantis was able to stay on message. Now, I think DeSantis will do that even if Trump comes in, because he knows. If, look, if, if, if Mike Chopoli knows Trump's game, Ron DeSantis and his people are going to know Trump's game, right? So he'll be ready for it. But you know what? At least Trump would be there to try it, and he wasn't even there to try it because he's too big of a pussy to show up. Tough guy, tough guy, tough, tough talker, tough talker. There's a guy who's on Twitter and he uses the term in his Twitter handle. It says alpha male. Now, I know it's, it's he, but he's a Trump guy. I know it's partly satirical, right? Because he wants to show the left who are always talking about toxic masculinity. He wants to shove it up their ass. And so he puts alpha male. But you know what? Do you know the kind of people who have to call themselves alpha males? The ones with the smallest cocks and the weakest chins, those kinds of guys. Those, those are the people who have to call themselves an alpha male and the usual Trump supporter, right? So there was a debate and there's the good reviews for Ron and there's the positive polls that show he came out number one. That's all good stuff. It was all expected. Um, and then today was the distraction. So what is what's exactly what's Trump's game plan? Don't do any debates. Just get a mugshot after every one of them to distract and <laughs> change the news cycle. <laughs> Is that what he's going to do? Maybe it's not even going to be his choice. Maybe he will be getting a mugshot after every <laughs> debate, monthly mugshot. But the mugshot came out today. And, you know, I, <laughs> I, I thought that the mugshot was going to be him with that ridiculously cheesy smile with his false white teeth, just like a big shit-eating grin. That's what I would have expected. It wasn't. It was this evil kind of, you know what it was like? It was almost like a Dick Cheney look. It was like a Darth Vader kind of a look. That mugshot screams to me, I am a crook. I mean, what? who told him to take that kind of a mugshot? I don't get it. I would have, I would have really expected the cheesy grin with the white teeth. And I would have probably told him to do that. But... This thing, it each looks guilty. Guilty is charged. It's a very nefarious looking shot. And I don't know. I, I, I think I know what he was thinking. He wants to look like tough and like defiant and ready to fight. And I think that's what he was thinking by taking that. But it comes across to most people, especially those who aren't in his cult, as just looking nefarious and evil and guilty. It is very, very Cheney-like. You know Cheney's mug, mug shots? Well, his head shots, well, his mug shots. He should have some mug shots, but it was his head shot. It's the same kind of look. And uh, I don't know if he was informed to do that, if it was a last second decision, if it was his version of method acting, I don't know, but it doesn't look good. And now, of course, it's out there and it's gonna be used forever. And that's gonna be in the history books, right? That mug shot. And, you know, there are people saying that it wasn't fair to do a mugshot. I don't understand why. 
if you or I are arrested, don't we get a mugshot? I've seen mugshots on television all the time of criminals. They show when a guy does a, commits a crime and you know he's committed like 20 crimes and they show 20 of his mugshots. They show all of them, the whole, the whole album of mugshots. So I don't understand this. So if you or I would have to get our mugshot taken and very possibly if we were, let's put it this way, most regular people don't get their mugshots released to the media because no one gives a fuck. But let's say we had some kind of notoriety. We would absolutely get our mugshots taken and it'd be released to the press. So why should Donald Trump be an exception to that? I don't understand. Why should he be an exception simply because he's Donald fucking Trump? I don't get it. So I'm glad the first three mugshots should have been taken as well. But I'm glad this Georgia sheriff took the mugshot of all the people indicted and released them. Also, they had the ability that most of us don't. Most of us don't. Don't have the like, don't have two weeks to turn ourselves in, take a nice shower, get a haircut, put on a nice suit, go there in a suit. You know, most people is like they're in a they're in the shirt they were arrested in, right? Remember uh, Nick Nolte, the crazy hair? That's what most people have to take. Most people don't say, don't get to say, oh, can I get a makeup and hairstyling and get my suit on and give me a couple of weeks to come over? Most people don't get that. So as the Georgia prosecutor said, when, when Mark Meadows asked for an extension, she said, I've given you two weeks, which is very generous, meaning it's, what, it's more than what 99.9% of people get. This is, people talk about uneven justice, unequal justice. Well, that's unequal justice. Why does Trump get two weeks and a hair, and a hair uh, stylist and a makeup person? You know, people want to talk about, they make me laugh when they talk about selective justice, right? And, oh, Bill should have been arrested and Hillary should have been elected and every Democrat in the world should be arrested, Hunter Biden, and but not, but they arrest Donald Trump. And I say, you know what? The hell with you, because you are a Trump supporter in California or Arkansas or Michigan. You didn't live in New York in the 80s and 90s. OK, you didn't work in radio in New York in the 90s. OK, when Donald Trump was a crook businessman there and everyone hated him and he was a pariah. And and you want to talk about selective justice? The guy has been a crook his entire life. He was a crook. Many people know he was a crook as a businessman. But guess what? No Justice Department ever went over him in New York. You know why? Because it was run by Rudy Giuliani. Rudy Giuliani was the DA, and then he was the mayor. And he didn't go after Trump, and he wouldn't let anyone go after Trump. Okay? That's selective justice. If you want to talk about, so that you want to go down that road of selective justice, let's talk about Rudy Giuliani protecting Donald Trump for decades in New York as DA of the Southern District of New York, and then mayor for two terms. He protected Donald Trump because he was his friend, because they're both fucking crooks. So that's selective justice, okay? And by the way, I love when these fucking Trumpers talk about selective justice as though selective justice uh, uh, protects the little guy, that the big guy like Trump is the one who's always getting in trouble. Selective justice, 99.9% of the time, hurts people like you and me. They go after the little guy. They don't go after the rich people with a hundred lawyers. That's the real selective. That's how warped these Trump supporters are. 
how warped that they believe every lie he says, that selective justice means that they go after him. No, selective justice means they go after the little guy, not people like Trump. People like Trump are the ones who get off because of selective justice. Yet these moron cultists truly believe that he's being persecuted. Him, he's being persecuted. Selective justice means the rich and the wealthy and the connected get special treatment and get off when regular people go away, okay? So Donald Trump has been the recipient of selective justice in a positive way for him his entire life. He's gotten off scot-free for 70 fucking years, whatever, 60 years, because of selective justice. But these people are so warped. You, I'm going to get to the calls in a second. Hey, Lance, good to see you. Hakeem, look, they're so sick in the head, these Trump supporters. They are putting out, did you see, did you see the tweets they were putting out after the mugshot? The great thing about that mugshot is it it showed me who I need to block. Because I'm blocking, before Elon takes the block button away, I'm blocking all these nutty Trump cultists. People like Dinesh D'Souza. Denise D'Souza, who actually had the fucking gall to put up photos of uh, mugshots of uh, Martin Luther King and Gandhi and com- actually compare Donald Trump to Martin Luther King, Gandhi and Mandela. Please show me where Martin Luther King, Gandhi or Mandela tried to install fake electors to overturn the will of the people in a presidential election. Please show me where any of those people did that. How fucking crazy do you have to be to compare this fat, bloated, belligerent slob to Mandela and King and Gandhi? But that's what they're doing. He is there. Jesus Christ on the cross, dying for their sins. Oh, praise God. Hey, Lance, how are you, my friend? Hey, Lance, you there? Hey, there you go. There you are. Good, Mike. How are you doing? How's it? I'm trying to, trying to survive. <laughs> now, now, first of all, fuck Trump. Okay, fuck Trump. Now, now, be, okay. So, you're a New Yorker like me. Yes. And a Bazaar like me. No, but so everybody knew that Trump was a clown in the 70s. Oh, yes. Now, the rest of the country kind of sort of thought, wow, look at this guy. But they, because when you live in LA, for instance, right, the LA Times, you're going to know a lot more in depth about famous celebrities, even though we know on the East Coast about the gossip. But not sure. as much as they do, because that's their world. Sure. Well, New York City, believe it or not, the L.A. Times, Washington Post, New York, they're local newspapers, ultimately. And so we got a lot more granular detail about what a schmuck the guy was back in the 70s. So we were on to him from jump. Okay. Now, so you're not talking to a Trump supporter or a Trump defender. Okay. But when they went after Richard Nixon, it wasn't for Watergate. I didn't know this until about a year ago. Elizabeth Holzman, who was the Washington non-voting, but she was a Washington congressman, person, woman. She said they only went after Nixon when he broke into the DNC headquarters to get that, you know, stuff. Okay. And he said, that's what, when they did it because they pissed off the Democratic Party. It wasn't. And then they used Watergate and, you know, and all that. And then the Republicans turned against him too. And, and, and Nixon should have resigned and Trump should go to jail. 
Okay, but obviously the Clinton impeachment was a witch hunt, and I don't care what you say about Ukraine about the double impeachment of Trump. They were both witch hunts. Now he's a witch, but okay. Now I always said, I know seriously, I always said of all this bullshit because the law is the law, and you get off. You know, even even bad bad people if you're a gang guy, right? And so it's sometimes the. The real outlaw criminal. Well, he's a criminal too. Anyway, so, uh, but I said, this Georgia thing's going to hurt him. This Georgia thing was much more widespread. The fact that he asked for 11,344 votes, exactly the number. He could have said, get me that million votes that got rid if it was, but not one, okay, whatever. But right. let's just say this, that Willis girl and all this stuff. Look, Lance. Trump, wait, let me just, can I just make this point about Trump? So everything I said about Trump, I believe he's a, he's a scumbag. Okay, but. He's the first president, the first president since Harry S. Truman that didn't start a new war. Yes, but we've well, given him credit for that, but it has nothing to do with no, the No, no, no. Can I make the point, though? Mike, yeah, it's not just that, oh, well, that's one thing. That is the thing. It may have been what – I don't believe this entirely because I think that Cy Hirsch has a better take on the uh, – yeah. Kennedy assassination. The Kennedy assassination was really the mob, but part of it was he was not going to expand mm. – in Vietnam. So if you're anti-war, they will kill you. When uh, That was one of the reasons they killed Martin Luther King, because he came out strongly against the war, and he was going for more union stuff. But anyway, so not that they're going to kill Trump. So what I'm saying is, Trump is a scumbag. He should go to jail. Obama should go to jail. Clinton should go to jail. Bush should go to jail. So, uh, you know, I'm not, like, defending Trump. Okay, but and this and this Georgia thing is a real thing. I really think that he's guilty of a thing. But the idea with all these charges and the double impeachment, it's because he ain't playing their game. I, I, it's a political thing. Now, good, you're going against a guy I hate, but so what? I still want American justice system to work when it's supposed to. Whether right. you well, but the, the point the point I'd bring up, Lance, is you can dislike the Democrats and also believe that Trump is guilty. You can believe both of those things at the same time. You could not agree with the Russia, Russia, Russia enough, or maybe at least one, if not both, of the impeachments and still believe that Trump is guilty in this case. It's, those things aren't mutually exclusive. That's the problem with a lot of Republicans no. or Democrat haters is they let their hatred and no, it's, I don't. for the Democratic Party get in the way of them understanding what's happening here and yeah, thinking yeah. clearly. Right. Yeah, I just said both things could be true. I can't stand Trump, but I don't want to see a political witch hunt because they can do it to the next guy. And so other than that one charge about the votes and all the all those 18 other conspirators, they went after him with 18 charges. They should have gone for two or three. But uh, you know what? Could I just switch gears for just one second and then shut up? And then maybe if you want to let me talk more, because I know you got things to say. So let me just say one more quick point, because it's really a continuation of our last chat. Yeah. But it's the same subject about the debate. So I would like to yeah. pivot to that just very, very briefly. Yeah. So when I mentioned to Sanders about what do you think about your boy now, blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry, buddy, but you didn't mean to, but you straw man me because I never said anything about polls and I never said anything about that. The, the, so, when, but you know what? When you're 46 points ahead of the next guy, I mean, literally it's like 18 to 60 something percent. I don't know, man. You can talk about the poll being bogus, but when you got a 46 point lead, I think that says something. And here is my point though about DeSantis. 
It's his donors. Okay, so when Nixon had to go, it was because the Republicans told him. And I have a lot more credibility toward Democrats that criticize Democrats or Republicans that are willing to criticize Republicans. Because, of course, they hate each other. Yeah, that's nothing. So it's the fucking people that are looking at DeSantis and saying, uh-oh, we backed the wrong horse. It's not because of the polls or because of the media. It's because the insiders that say this guy is a horrible candidate. Did you see him today in the debate? He sounded like a whiny child. You know, Donald Trump whines a lot, but he does it. He does it with a, he does it, he does it with a fake. You're saying things that aren't true. He's won the debate. Everybody said, even NBC, who wants Trump to win, said DeSantis won the debate. Even Fox. Even Fox, who wants Trump to win, said DeSantis was the best at that debate. Well, I got to look wrong. into it because and, I thought everybody Lance, was saying you're that. You're wrong. That DeSantis, is making, DeSantis is making money hand over fist. He's raised twice as much as Trump this year. Right. Twice as much. as He raised 150. Trump raised 30. The big donors are not giving to Trump because they know he can't win a general election. And I know big that. donors are not going to throw millions of dollars no. at a fucking no, convict. No, no. Oh, man, they're holding their cards with DeSantis. They're not, they're not, they're not Lance, backing him. Lance, go look at the numbers. Look at the financials. They're listed. It's public. It's all Ron relative because he's a frontrunner. No, man. Ron DeSantis no. is getting all of Trump's donors no, from 2020. No, no, no. All it's all relative. It's all relative You're because wrong. he's a big fish. He's, a, he's an A-list. He's an A-list candidate. You're so wrong. in relative terms, he's raising more no. money. But the former big donors are either holding back on DeSantis or they're they shifting not. their gears. They are not. They are no, not. We'll and right. it doesn't right. matter. Yeah. It's only well, we have different sources. We it's have different sources. I'm not talking out my asshole, so I have sources, and I, I don't have them it's in front of me. It's only August. Some donors always hold out this early. Right. That's not okay. a new thing. Democratic right. donors right. held out in 2016 and 2020. All right. All right. Early. All right. Lance, you're saying things that just aren't true. No, I, have no, no. I have sources that say the opposite of what you're saying. I'm not talking Lance, out my asshole. The numbers are on the do. Internet. The numbers are public. I don't give a fuck. About your sources. It's all relative. He's, He's an raising A-lister. more money than anybody else, Lance. That's right. relative. I know that. I'm so not that's denying. the way you win. Who is no. he supposed to raise more money than? Hey, Barack hey, like Obama? Said, Who gives a fuck? No, what Man, I'm saying is he's running. You're raising. He's raising more money than the people he is running against. He's I know that. Can you let me running. respond to that? I agree. I agree. I'm not doubting you. Can I? Can I say? I'm not trying to doubt your fact. I'm just saying so who this. Who cares? I'm just who cares saying. Because if this. one fat rich fuck is holding out until no, November, no, no, who no, gives no. this Listen, shit? I'm not disagreeing with you. He's getting all of the endorsements. He's got like 130 no. endorsements out of no, Iowa already. No, He's got no, almost no. as many people as Ted Cruz had canvassing for him six oh, months Cruz, later yeah. than this date. The establishment He's got a huge ground game. What okay, are you going to do when he wins? Lance, when he wins, are you going to come back here and suck my dick? That's what I want you to yeah, do. I mean, look, man, we're not going to be we're not going to be inaugurating Ron DeSantis on you know, January 21st, 2025. All right. Just what I'm saying is, of course, you're right that Trump is not getting the donors. The establishment. First of all, Lance, you're Lance, who are we inaugurate? Who are we inaugurating on January 20th, 2025? God forbid, but I think it might be fuck. I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Well, I, I know, know. Cornell know. West. I know. Cornell West. Cornell West. The ball. Wait a minute, Tramp. Lance, I have the balls to make a prediction a year and a half out. You don't. 
Yeah, Cornell West. Good. Okay. Yeah, Cornell West. Yes. Cornell West has a much better chance to become president than Ron DeSantis. Are you living on fucking Mars? Are you living on the moon? DeSantis <laughs> ain't going to get there, dude. Okay. You're not you're not serious, Lance. I am okay, making a prediction. What else, what else, what else I have the fucking about? balls to put I, my ass on the line a year and a half ahead. Too. And you're saying garbage bullshit like I'm supposed to take you seriously, like Cornell West. Yeah. <laughs> Lance, please. Okay, good. I predict Ron DeSantis, you predict Cornell West. No, no. Can I tell you why? Can I give you my argument? Because you know what? I don't talk out my asshole. Now, it's a prediction, but I think that it's a problem. sounds plausible. like about three assholes together. No, no, no. Here's why. <laughs> Can I tell you why? Now, you're not going to agree with me at the end, but I have reasons for saying that, not just like, ha-ha, I like Cornell. Here's why. First of all, of course, everybody hates Trump in the establishment, so of course he's not getting the big donors. All of the other people that are like Vivek guy or Chris Christie, mm. all those guys, they are not main, they're, they are not um, front runners. So, DeSantis next to Trump is still the front runner. So in relative terms, yes, he's getting way more money than all those guys. But like you said, it's August 23. It's right. not yeah, it's the not big August donors. 24. The big donors are holding out. We'll see how much money flows into DeSantis. Lance, versus the big the back- this is this. Wait, wait a minute. Lance, this is your I have to talk over you because you're not making any sense. This is your logic. The big donors are holding out on Ron DeSantis, but they're going to throw billions at Cornell West. How is Cornell West going to win the presidency with $7.25? So the big donors are not giving to DeSantis. Oh, but these big donors, you think they have money for no fucking reason? You think they're dumb enough to give money to Cornell West? So these big donors are not going to give to Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, who won by a million and a half votes. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes. 20 points, but they're going to give all of their money, their hard-earned money, to nutty Cornell West with Don King hair, and he's going to be the next president of the United States. Come on. How does he beat Joe Biden? RFK Jr. is 50 points. You believe in polls so much. Cornell West has got, like, minus 10. Okay? How is he going to win the election? You're making no sense to say Cornell West. You really believe Cornell West has better odds to become president than Ron DeSantis? Oh, well, where where can I find that bet? Let me put ten dollars on Cornell West. I bet if I put ten dollars on him, I could win thirty-seven and a half billion. Those are the odds on Cornell West becoming president. You're making no sense. You just don't like Ron DeSantis, so you make up like nutty shit. That makes no sense to justify your hatred because you don't want to see him as president. Not because you don't believe he can, because you don't want him to be president. That's why. You're letting your biases get in the way, just like the Trump supporters and the Trump cult are nutty and fucked up and let their crazy biases get in the way. It's the same thing. The exact same thing. You have to have some kind of consistency. So if you believe DeSantis has no chance because Trump's got 85 million percent and DeSantis has got two, if you really believe that, that shows you know nothing about politics whatsoever and nothing about how the primaries work state by state. That you have no idea how important Iowa and New Hampshire is and have the polls have nothing to do with those two states five months out. But if you believe the polls and believe that 
Trump has 182 billion percent and DeSantis has 1%. And you got to believe the polls that say Joe Biden's got 822 billion percent and Cornel West has got minus 38,000 percent. So how do you say that DeSantis has no chance because he's 50 points back, but Cornel West is going to magically not only win the primary, even though he doesn't even register on polls, but he's also going to win the general election. An extreme left wing progressive nut job is going to win a general election. A little over a year from now. Well, my goodness, I don't. You know, it's just, it's just kind of, it's too much sometimes. It really is. Too much sometimes. I just, I try to get angry, but I just can't stand total nonsense. I can't. If you say Donald Trump is going to win the presidency, I would totally disagree. And give you a million facts, as I have over the last two fucking years, five days a week on this show, as to why he can't win a general. But okay, Donald Trump, that's a bet, right? That's a bet. He's in the betting markets, okay? Yes. If you want to tell me Joe Biden is going to win again, I'd argue with you, but I'd say that's a sane prediction, He's in the betting markets. He's a Democrat. He's the incumbent. And the last Democrat incumbent to lose was fucking Jimmy Carter. So, yeah, I'd say, okay, that's probably a decent bet. If you tell me Ron DeSantis, if you tell me Donald Trump, if you tell me Joe Biden, yes. But Cornell West, it's just ridiculous. That I mean, It's a ridiculous statement to say, oh, Ron DeSantis has absolutely zero shot. The next president's going to be Cornell West. Okay. My, I got Ron DeSantis. You got Cornell West. We'll see who wins. We'll see who comes closer if one of us doesn't win. Let's put it that way as well. So this is more of Donald Trump. This is more of Donald Trump. Uh, he puts out. This, he's such a fucking liar. He's such a, so people haven't been talking about his... Um, <laughs> Tucker Carlson interview, which was like about a notch above, maybe, maybe what kind of president do you like, Mr. President? He always makes fun of the media for asking Joe Biden those ridiculous uh, presidents, those ridiculous questions. What do you like, vanilla or chocolate? So the the interview was maybe a half a notch, not even a, a little bit, a little bit stronger than that. That's about it. And no one's talking about it because very few people watched it. Only the extreme Trump cult who jacks off to his face and words watched that. But <laughs> Trump goes on Truth Social. And uh, by the way, which he has said a million times is better than X. So why is he on X? Why wasn't he doing the review on, on Truth Social? Okay. So he says, I got... 231 million views. Um, no, you stupid fucking idiot. It was 231 million impressions. Now, I like my show. I think I do a good show. Lance would agree. I think Lance is a good call. I think we have an entertaining show here. Um, <laughs> but when I, when I promote my show on X or Twitter, it gets thousands of impressions. It does not, unfortunately, yet get thousands of views each time I put it up, okay? So it could say 1,628 impressions, but maybe it gets 30 views, 
All right. <laughs> yeah. So according to Donald Trump, I can now I can now claim that my show gets thousands and thousands of views five every night, five nights a week. Hey, David Sachs better start paying me for this shit. This is what a liar Donald Trump is. So he's either a total liar, which is what he is, or he's a total moron, kind of a moron. But he knows that 231 million impressions is not 231 million views of the interview. OK, he knows that. But he puts up 231 million times, 231 million different people. And he says different people. That's even a lie. When every time you're every time in a let's say I, I promote my 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 podcast, every time it comes up on your feed, that's an impression. Even if you're the same person, if it comes up on your feed six times, that counts as six impressions. So even that's a lie, as Bill Mitchell says, you idiot Trump, that's impressions, not view. Your stupid video was not watched 230 million times by 231 million different people. What a freaking clod. But this is what Donald Trump knows. He knows that his dumb cult will buy it. He knows his idiot cult will buy that, that 231 different million different people in a country of 330 <laughs> eight-year-olds watched it infants watched it this guy is such a fucking idiot and his followers are so fucking dumb this is what i bring up and everyone who's not a trump cultist can agree with this until the republican party drops the cult of trump they will never win again until they stop being the party of Donald J. Trump, of one sick individual, they will not win elections again. Presidential, congressional, senatorial, legislative, judicial, nothing. Nothing. They will have to decide. And this primary is the best litmus test, I think, for any party ever. Yes, I thought the Biden... Uh, sorry, the, the Hillary-Bernie one was a good one. The Democrats failed. I thought the Biden-Bernie one was a good litmus test. The Democrats failed. And they failed back-to-back -back litmus tests, and I'm no longer a Democrat. I'm a no-party preference guy. This is, a, I think, the best litmus test I've ever seen for a political party ever in my lifetime, this primary. Are they the party of Trump? If Lance is correct and they are the party of Donald Trump, they will never win an election again, and I will never become a Republican. I will never be part of a party of Donald J. Trump. Or, if I'm right, and a DeSantis wins, then they can maybe prove that they're not the party, of, that the Trump cult is a part of it. Hey, look, the Tea Party was a part, the progressives, the extreme right has been part of the Republican Party, the extreme left has been, they've been white supremacists part of the Republican Party, they've been uh, anarchists who bomb clinics back in the 60s who are Democrats, whatever it may be those are extremes, they're small percentages, fine, whatever is the Republican Party a majority Trump cult party or not or are they a majority party of normal adults who are willing to elect a normal sane person who wants to actually get things done for them. That's what they're going to have to decide. What will it be? I'm hopeful it's DeSantis. They're not the party of Trump.
But we don't know yet. We'll have to see. The voting hasn't begun. It won't begin for almost five more months. It won't begin till the dead of winter, till everyone is below zero in this country, except here in San Francisco, of course, where it'll be sunny in 62. So it's a long way away. But we'll see how the voting plays out. There are some very good numbers, positive numbers, like uh, Steve Deese, by the way, who's like one of these, you know, I don't know what they call them, like uh, kingmakers in Iowa. He's like the Iowa kingmaker. He's, he's endorsed DeSantis. Most of his endorsements, I believe, have won uh, in the past. Um, he said that, you know, the, the, the numbers show that only about 7% of the GOP voting block, the primary voters, are on Twitter. So 93% of the people who will vote in these primaries are not on social media. We, who use social media a lot and rely on it and quote it and talk about it and play videos off of it and read people's tweets off it, sometimes think that the majority of people are on there, but they're not. They're not. So they're not seeing all these fake Republic, these fake Trump polls, right? They're not looking at all these ridiculous spinsters. They are just regular voters who are watching what's happening, who are waiting for the candidates to come to their state and meet them and talk to them. And that's what DeSantis is doing in Iowa, New Hampshire, as you must do. And I think that, I, I think the term slow and steady wins the race means a lot here. And I think that's DeSantis's game plan. Slow and steady wins the race. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Just keep going and keep going and don't be distracted. And he showed that in the in debate number one. He showed that. He showed discipline, no distraction, on message, don't get involved in the cat fighting and all the call and all the, you know, the, the infighting between who was it? It was Pence and Vivek and especially Christie and Vivek, a little bit of, little bit of um, Haley and uh, Vivek. So he didn't get involved in any of that stuff. Doesn't get off message, doesn't get distracted, very disciplined. This is how he won Florida so easily. This is how he won Democrats in Florida and independents in Florida and Latinos in Florida and black people in Florida. This is how he won moderates. This is how he won the middle. It's so funny. The nut jobs who I blocked today, there are two of them especially, Lauren Boebert and, and Marjorie Taylor Greene. They're putting out Trump's mugshot and saying, this is going to win him the election. These people are so fucking insane. Or just grifters. They're probably just more grifters than insane. Could there be that many clinically insane people? Although in Congress, the Pence did make a funny joke about how that, you know, maybe people go into politics, the Congress should have some kind of a, um, a sanity test. But uh, I think they're just grifters. They're Trump grifters more than anything else. But to really believe that the center, the moderates, the independents are going to be turned on by a nefarious Dick Cheney-like mugshot is insane. It's stupid. There's no facts behind it. It's easily provable that that's not the case, that moderates, the middle independents, are scared of that shit, are turned off by that shit. This is another thing that gets me. People say, God, I don't want Trump for another four years. Normal people always say that to me. I can't stand the drama of four more years of Trump. I can't stand it. I'm up to here. I want him to go away. I get heartburn. That's what most people say, but not the Trump cult. 
they can't get enough of him. They can't get enough of the drama. They can't get enough of the, as the world turns, Trump soap opera. Why is that? Well, because these people have empty, meaningless lives. They have empty, meaningless existence, and they need him and his drama to fill that. I think I've told this story before that my grandmother was a huge soap opera fan. And I remember being eight, nine, 10 years old, and I'd go into the kitchen for breakfast and, uh, and she'd be talking to her neighbor. And they, she'd be like, you know, do you believe what Jeff did? What a son of a bitch that guy is. And I think, oh my God, is this someone in our family? Is this a friend? No, they were talking about the latest soap opera, As the World Turns, or one of those soap operas, Guiding Light. Um, because I don't want to say my, my, but my grandmother had empty life, but she was an older woman. And most of these women, older women, housewives, elderly women, they're the ones who generally watch, some gay men do, watch these soap operas. And it, it, it's, it kind of does fill their lives. It's almost like those people become friends and relatives and people they can love and hate. And that's, I think, what Trump does to a lot of these Trump supporters. They need this in their lives. Their lives are that devoid of anything worthwhile. Generally speaking, of course, there's always exceptions. And those of us that aren't in that quite that same state don't need him anymore. Don't want this drama. Have enough drama in our lives. Have enough going on. We don't want four more years of this, Ajita. We don't want it. We don't need it. And so we can't understand why others do. And I think I just explained pretty well why people do, why his, his cult does. And until they fill their lives with something more meaningful, they're going to grasp onto him. And when he's gone, they'll find someone else. I don't know what it's going to be or who it's going to be. Maybe be Vivek. Probably not because he's whatever, Hindu. But uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just it, they're going to find someone. It's got to be something. It's got to be something. And they can't not have that in their life. And so that doesn't bother them. <clears throat> the drama doesn't bother them. They feed off of it. They love it. They get excited by it. And uh, the rest of us don't. The rest of us just don't get it, don't want it don't like it and don't need it. So this is DeSantis. This is really cute, by the way. He's standing on, in Iowa on the Field of Dreams. And uh, <laughs> I found a better way to play videos, by the way, where I cue them up better so it doesn't. And this is him being asked about <laughs> what happening. Trump is in Georgia while he's in Iowa. It was the juxtaposition that people are putting up with him at the Field of Dreams and Trump's mugshot. And he just simply said, well, I'm glad I'm at the Field of Dreams. I'm happy to be here. Here's, here's his response, and I mentioned this earlier, about, about not being, let's say, more aggressive or, or joining the fray at the debate. The thing about the debate is, um, you know, nobody hit me, so I'm, I wasn't going to get involved in that scrum. I know those guys were going back and forth. What I did with 100% of my time was to speak directly to the American people about our vision to reverse the country's decline, what specifically we need to do, and most importantly, what I've already done to show that I could do this nationally. And if anyone on the stage, I'm the only guy that's actually delivered on all the things that our voters care about. And that's, uh, I think that contrast came through very, very strongly. 
And I think that's part of the reason you're seeing some of the stuff with uh, who would you consider and us being the, the top. Thing about this so he's there with his family at the Field of Dreams. But like I said, it's basically just that. that They didn't come after me. They didn't try to hit me with anything. He didn't say that. But I'm about to say they can't because there was nothing they can criticize him on. There's nothing a conservative running in a Republican primary can criticize him on. Now, this is what I spoke about a little bit last night. Republicans will never win again. They'll never win again if they're the party of Trump. But they're also never going to win again if they're constantly championing candidates who talk about the past. Like Trump, everything's about the election. Stolen, stolen, I'm stolen, I'm the victim, I'm the martyr, the the election, 2020, the election. And then you have Vivek talking about stupid shit like 9-11. You know, on this show, we have talked about 9-11 stuff. We've talked about it. We've talked about possible conspiracies, things, truths that haven't been told. Is it all a lie? Is it not? Is it somewhere in the middle? Okay, but this is a fucking podcast. You're running for president of the United States. These people do not, people don't wake up in the morning thinking, oh, 9-11, we have to find out the truth. 9-11 was an inside job. Why even bring up fucking 9-11? This is 19 years before 2020, and they're talking. He's talking about this. Why? Why even bring it up? Then there's some discussion. Oh, he really didn't say this. He said that, but he did bring up 9/11. This is not what voters care about now. This is not what they're worried about moving forward. They're not worried about 2020 or 2021 or nine or 2001. They're not. They're worried about the future. They're worried about economy. They're worried about gas prices. They're worried about immigration. They're worried about their children dying of fentanyl poisoning. That's what they want to hear about. And you're not going to win talking about this stupid shit of the past, which is also what Ron DeSantis brought up at the debate so aptly yesterday. The Democrats want the Republicans to make this about 2000 and 2021. They want to make it about the 2020 election and the insurrection. That's how they win. They don't want to make it about their policy failures of the last four years. They don't want to talk about Biden's failures. They want to talk about Trump and insurrectionists. And if we allow them to do that, if we allow that to be the prevailing narrative, Republicans will get clobbered. What don't these fucking people get? Jeremy Redfern on X. Should I call it X or Twitter? I don't, I'm not sure what I want to call it. I'll call it X, I guess. The owner says <laughs> it's X. Uh, more Republican primary voters folded laundry than watched Trump's interview. And Ron DeSantis moves to the forefront of primary voters' minds. Once again, more post-debate polls showing DeSantis won and did the best. Um, and also, Steve Deese reiterates what I said, which is 7% of GOP primary voters are frequent Twitter users. And that's basically the same percentage that watched Tucker Trump in the polls that was taken. Too much of a conservative media lives in a world that is driven by a world, this platform, that just isn't inhabited by that many people. And that's absolutely true. And we need to keep that perspective, right? We need to really keep that perspective. 
that so many people don't ever go on X, don't have an account on X. And uh, our living lives have nothing to do with social media or what happens on social media. And what happened on social media and only on social media? The Trump calls an interview. It wasn't anywhere else but X. They haven't seen it. 93% of Republican voters did not see that interview. And you can bet the 7% that watched it are all Trump cultists. All of them. Each and every one of that 7%. So who cares if they watch the debate or not? Do you think that Elon should take away the block button? What do you think? I talked about this in the past, how you can't block people in real life. You can't totally shut them out, right? Uh, you can get a restraining order, but you can't, really, you can't really block people in real life where they totally go away with a press of a button the way you can on social media. So should you be able to, if you want to make social media more like real life, as, as, you know, as, as much as it can be, if you want to reflect life, the most, the best as it can. Do you think there should be a block button? Maybe there shouldn't be. Maybe you should, just in life, deal with morons, deal with people who say stupid things, and ignore them. Uh, don't have to respond to them, right? It's like you have to see these people or know them. So that, that part of me says to get rid of a block button. And yet there's the other part of me, which is like, I don't know. It feels so good to block people. <laughs> it really does. It felt so good today to block all those people who put up Trump's mugshot and talked about him being Jesus Christ on the cross or Mandela or Gandhi. It felt really good to like block those people. Even though I know it doesn't mean much, they still exist, unfortunately. You know, that's what I really want, the ability to make people not exist. I have to admit, I would like that. I would like that power. But I don't have that. But I I have the block button, right? And so I don't have to see their crap on my feed anymore. Or, see, the problem with these Twitter feeds, or X feeds, I should say, is that you can't, in other words, people will pop up like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert or Dinesh D'Souza, who I don't follow because other people retweet them. So people who I follow retweet them and they end up on my newsfeed. That's the problem. So I have to block those accounts so they just never show up on my newsfeed because I have really no choice, right? They show up because I follow a lot of people and maybe maybe those people retweet their stuff just to make fun of them, but it still has to show up on my feed. So I blocked them and it felt good. It really, it really did. It felt good. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm not quite sure about the block button. But all I know is that most people, once again, unscientific poll, but most people seem to really be pissed off that he was going to get rid of the block button. They were telling him not to do it. So I don't know. And, and ironically, James Woods was one of those people uh, and, he and, <laughs> and he was criticizing Musk and Musk blocked him. I mean, how ironic is that that Musk blocked he wants to get rid of the block button. And so he blocks James Woods for criticizing him. Oh, boy. I don't know. So 
I don't know. We'll, it, it, it goes, it rubs both ways. But I'm glad I blocked these people before Elon Musk took the ability away. Who else do I need to block before he takes the ability away to block? You know, you can still ignore things. You know that? There's another thing here. And it says, uh, ignore this person. And that person, I guess, then doesn't know that you ignored them. When you block them, if they try to look at something on your feed, it'll tell them, right? Or if they try to contact you. But ignoring, I think it's like the cold shoulder. They don't even know that you're ignoring them. So that's probably even better than blocking because they don't know you did it. You know, so, okay, this is, um, uh, let me just do this. Then I'll go back to any calls here. But let me just, this is once again, I have to, uh, a guy named Anomaly, who I agree with sometimes. I think I disagree with him a lot. I think he's more of a left kind of guy. I think. I could be wrong. I don't know. But he's, maybe he's not. I don't know. He's on social media. He's got 264,000 followers. He's been around for a while. And he simply put, wrote, I don't buy Vivek Ramaswamy shtick at all. Shtick at all. Watch his video and you can see why. Now, we already know that he used that line that Obama used at the 2004 Democratic Convention when he was making that big, not, not a red America, not a blue America, United States America speech for John Kerry. I'm John Kerry and I am reporting for duty. Remember, that was the that convention. And he started out with people are thinking, who is this skinny guy with the funny name standing here? And that's exactly how uh, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy started his uh, his. Uh, opening statements yesterday. But this is more than the stat. This is a video showing what a phony he is, that he wrote books that criticized Trump, that said Trumpism is horrible. He uh, He's changed his positions a million different times. And this proves that. But this is the phony used car salesman that Vivek Ramaswamy is. He is in this for one of two reasons. Trump makes it through the primary and, and, and has him as his VP. Now, Vivek is a smart guy, very... He's a smart businessman. Yes, he's a I don't care. He came from a, um, you know, a, a low income background. He's become a you can become a spoiled rich kid. You don't have to have started out as a spoiled rich kid, but he became basically this spoiled rich kid who had nothing better to do with his money than run for president. It's mostly his money. He's not getting big contributions either. So um, basically, he's in this race for two reasons. One is if Trump somehow makes it past the finish line in the primary. He'll pick him as his VP. Now, he knows Trump can't win, but he'll get recognition. Then maybe he can run himself again in four years. Or option number two is Trump has to get out of this, which I believe will happen before the voting starts. And then Vivek can pick up maybe his sloppy seconds and maybe win the primary. That's why he's in this. That's it. Um, No experience. Before I play this video, maybe someone can tell me this after I play this video. Why does experience not matter in politics? Why does it matter in every other walk of life, but not when it comes to running for leader of the free world, the most powerful person in the world? How come experience doesn't matter then? Are you okay? You're on the operating table and your surgeon comes in or, you know, in the, in the hospital bed before and introduces themselves and tells you that they have no real surgical background, but they were a great businessman. A great business, no, no surgical experience, but hey, great, a, a, a tech entrepreneur. How, how would you feel about that? How would you feel? Maybe they stayed at a Holiday Inn Express the night before. Would you accept that? 
No, of course not. If your life is online, you're on death row. How'd you like it if your lawyer came in, had no legal experience, right? But, you know, owned a base basketball team. Would you feel good about that? Of course not. So, but why in politics does it not matter if a guy who's 38 has no political experience, not a senator, not a congressman, not a city council member, not even the aide to a congressman can run and become president of the United States of America of 330 million people? Why is that okay? Why is that acceptable? I don't get it. But here's more on... Uh, Farmer Swampy, Ramos Marmy. So first, let me just address a question that is on everybody's mind at home tonight. Who the heck is this skinny guy with a funny last name, and what the heck is he doing in the middle of this debate stage? I'll tell you, I'm not a politician. I'm a mill worker's son who dares to defy the odds. The hope of a skinny kid with a funny name who believes that America has a place for him, too. So who is Vivek Ramaswamy? The Obama plagiarizing big pharma CEO who wrote a book less than a year ago in which he compared Trump to sore loser Stacey Abrams, said he respects Pence, and says that Mike Pence did the right thing on January 6th. A man who tweeted out, well said George Soros, and seemingly even parroted his rhetoric on open societies. A man who took money for his law school from a Soros fellowship, said he did it in a video defending himself, quote, when I didn't have the money. When I didn't have the money and it was a merit scholar. Yet Fox News reported that he made millions of dollars that year and a million dollars every year for a couple years prior, so he lied about that. A man who made a fortune off of a failed Alzheimer's drug and a man who just last year wrote a Wall Street Journal op-ed in which he said, the most important step in fighting the COVID-19 pandemic was the distribution of vaccines. That's in 2022. So who is big pharma salesman Vivek? Well, he's whoever you want him to be, because just like Obama, he'll say whatever he has to say, even copying Obama, to tell the naive and foolish sheeple what they want to hear. Everyone's giving this guy softball interviews and weak debates. Vivek, if you want a real challenge, come on my channel. I don't buy your shtick at all. Very good, Mr. Anomaly, whoever Anomaly is. Yeah. No, I guess he's not much of a – well, I think he's more of a – I think he might have been a Bernie supporter. Obviously, he doesn't like the Democratic establishment because he's not an Obama fan. But that's fantastic. This guy is a total phony. But what he has the ability to do is he's a very good used car salesman. So he's very good saying, this is the car you need. This is why it's great. This is a great deal. And by the end of his two-minute – Spiel. You're like, I'll take it. Then you get home and it explodes. You know, that's what Vex Ramaswamy is. I'm not saying he's not good at what he does. I think he did well in that debate last night because he's so good at what he does. And what he does works in that short 30 second, the bell rings format. It's easy to lie. It's easy to be a charlatan in 30 second snippets. It's incredibly easy because you're not really challenged. And no one sees him as a, um, uh, they, they kind of challenged him. They kind of did a little bit because I think they're tired of his shtick. I think real, like experienced politicians like Christie and uh, Haley and uh, P- and Pence are tired of this spoiled rich kid who constantly lies and is a fast talker and is good at fooling Republicans because it's not that hard. Look, it's not hard to fool Democrats. Hillary did it. Biden did it to a lesser extent. But Trump fools a lot of Republicans, and so does Ramos Marmy, Palmer Swami. Uh, so it's not hard, because you know why Americans are dumb? They're dumb. I don't believe that Hillary Clinton or, or, or I'm sorry, or Bill or, or Biden or Trump 
or Vivek could fool many people in Europe. I don't, a few people, but not the way you can fool people in this country. Our voters are so stupid. We have the stupidest, we do. I'm sorry, does it sound like I'm down on people? I am because they suck here. The voters here are dumb. They're mostly uninformed. They believe what they see in the mainstream media. They're easily fooled. They're easily manipulated. And so many people, like I said, like in the Trump cult have such empty lives, they'll grasp onto anything to fulfill the emptiness. Lance, I'll give you, the, if you stay with me, I'll give you the last words because I like you. You know, I have this policy. You're on the show once a day. Well, were you going to talk? I was going to go to non, you want to talk? Non-Hakim or non, what is that? Non, non-number name, non-number name. Do you want to talk? You were up there for a while. Okay, I'll go to you. Everyone wants to talk? What is this here? All right, that's fine. All right, let's go to non-number name. Let me do this here. And hey, how's it going? Hello, oh, there you are. Hey, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm trying to hang in. <laughs> there's there's something that I wanted to bring up uh, from a while ago when you talked about the, the legal system uh, needing to be equal for mm-hmm. all people. Uh, there was one concept, uh, slap lawsuits. And I was wondering uh, how many of those uh, if you're not familiar, or if the listener's not familiar, these are lawsuits intended to silence people critical of you. You hit them with a lawsuit, you can mm. afford to back a frivolous lawsuit, but they can't. So they have to back down. Now, I, I, I have heard that uh, ex-President Trump has file uh filed a lot of those and i'm just wondering what the exact number was i don't know but that's really interesting and what you say is true i've heard of these things also right where the wealthy do this to people who can't afford to fight them just to shut them up right because the wealthy can go on forever fighting this stuff if they want to they know you can't and that's what and you're right i don't know how many i have to look into it but that doesn't surprise me and he's not the only one who does it but it's it's very common because the law is not fair. And like I said, if you're talking about that, if you're talking about the unequal justice, it hurts the little guy, not the Trump. The Trumps aren't the ones who are usually hurt by that system. And as you just said, they're the ones who were helped that system. They use that unequal justice system to help themselves. So that's where the unequal justice is. But what's so sick is that Trump has convinced his supporters that it's the reverse, that it's the reverse. And the way he's done this is in a very snick, a slick, smarmy way, which is saying they are coming after you through me. That's exactly that's out of the Bible, isn't it? I'm not a big Bible guy. Isn't that basically what Jesus said? I'm dying for your sins. I'm hopefully with Trump. There's no there's, there's that part. There's no resurrection part. That's what I'm hoping. If there's a resurrection, then we know we got a problem on our hands. Then there is some kind of satanic exorcist thing going on. But you're right. No justice favors the wealthy. Come on, we know that. Only Trump supporters don't seem to get this. Or they think, this is what they truly think, if you follow them, that he is one of them. He's a regular person. Imagine believing that. Imagine believing that Trump is just a regular person, just like you and me, just like Lance and Hakeem and me. Trump is on our side, baby. He's at our level. You have to be a particular kind of American dumb. To believe that so i don't know uh, uh, maybe someone can check in to those lawsuits 
But it's true. Sure. Maybe he'll do it to me. Right? Maybe he'll do it to me. If I get... Hey, look. According to Trump, I have thousands of people listening to this show every day, five days a week. What is that? Like 20, 30,000 a week? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So that's according to Trump's standards of impressions. So great. Maybe he will have to sue me one day to shut me up. All right. Um, let's. Did you want to say something else? Or is that it? I think you're out. We, of course, can, all right. Let, I think, is that it? Okay. Maybe we should go to Hakeem. Hakeem. Okay. Hakeem. Hold on. Hakeem. Let me see. I'm trying to make you the next caller. I'm having trouble with it. Uh, why am I having trouble? Oh, here you go. Mike, you have a lord, a long bio. I have to scroll down all the way down to hit make next caller. You have a long bio, man. How's it going? Hey. Uh, how you What's doing? Up? I'm good. Oh, I'm doing it right. I'm doing it right. No, I just wanted to uh, say that, uh, Mike, I appreciate your breakdown of the debates. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was listening to it yesterday with some people, and, you know, I didn't really appreciate the the part on that you were talking about with, uh, was it DeSantis, who was really just sticking to specific issues, and he didn't get into, you know, scuffles with everybody else because nobody really could touch him. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was looking at was, you know... Um, Vivek, by the way, what you're talking about when he can win, you know, uh, opinions in those 30-second snippets. And I graduated from a clinical hypnosis school, and we call that trans logic. It's transitory logic. And uh, as a matter of fact, another coincidence with him and Obama is that one of the projects myself and some other clinical hypnotists did was go over his his speeches, and he actually um, seems like he was trained in in a certain form of mass hypnosis or swaying of public opinion Mm. that was first proffered by people like Edward Bernays um, and his partner Walter Lippmann in the Committee for Public Information back in the day. Right. And, um, yeah, he's really good at that transitory logic. And he did seem to sway a lot of people at the debate. And, you know, and using that same line, when I heard it, I was wondering, I was like, where did I hear that before? And of course, it's Obama. You know what? I had the same, Hakeem, I had the f- f- same feeling. I mean, that was 19 years ago. So he's obviously, and also Vivek, because of his age and his slickness, he appeals to the young people. And he knows that most of the young people aren't going to even remember if they were even around two decades yeah. ago when Obama said that. So I had even forgotten. I mean, you know, I'm 52 and I was 33 at the time and I still forgot but then but there was something in the back of my mind. I was like, did I hear that before somewhere? But, you know, like you say, it's a matter of just fooling as many people, you know, as you can fool. And he knows, especially the younger people, would never have heard Obama uh, say that. So Yeah. Um, I mean, isn't it one thing – I'm sorry to interrupt. Isn't it one thing to, like, plagiarize someone from, like, 100 years ago and another thing to do it from, like, 2004 – it's kind of brazen, isn't it? I mean, this video, <laughs> this video of Obama, and it was put on the internet ten seconds after Vivek said it. <laughs> you know. I mean, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, it would be a strange thing because of how he had so many. He he actually put in writing and has spoken about um, his disdain for Trump, you know, many times, and you. It makes me wonder if. 
Maybe he has like some of the same political strategists or even writers as Obama. Maybe it's not plagiarism. Maybe there's like a whole team thing there going going on. Well, and uh, you know now now he's being called the Republican Obama, and that's yeah. let's put it this way though: if you're running in a Republican primary, why would you want to conjure up Obama? Uh, <laughs> Does that make any sense? I mean, you might want to do it in the Democratic primary, but why would you want to yeah. do it in the Republican primary? It doesn't make any sense, really. Yeah, it 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 doesn't. And also, um, a lot of those people showed their ass that night. They they it was really like it reminded me of some of the rooms here on Colin where people are just talking over each other and screaming and yelling. <laughs> they weren't giving each other a chance, and they had to remind them, hey, "We have to remind you of the rules here. When you hear this bell, <laughs> you know, like you gotta take your time." And um, yes, that bell. That was like that was like Pavlov's dogs, right? Right. I was, oh my gosh! I was just thinking that when you said that. It was. I was talking about it. <laughs> when just, the bell uh, rings, it's t- it's food time. <laughs> they were just salivating at the bit. Yeah, that, that, I think that was a terrible bell. The sound was just it would like you said it was Pavlovian. Anyway, I didn't yeah, like it was that pretty sound. bad. Yeah, I didn't like and that. No, nobody was really paying attention to it, you know. And, they never do. They never do. And uh, the well, yeah, they that's true. They never do. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's it's. This is why I listen to. I'm not very politically savvy, and I haven't been really following anybody. But it's again, I just wanted to say I appreciate your breakdown of everything because it gave me some more insight that I wasn't considering before, especially about DeSantis. And it's right when you when you broke it down that way. I, I thought to myself, yeah, that's actually true. Um, he really had a lot more posture than everybody else. Yeah, well, uh, once again, I, I, I don't understand the idea of the Trump campaign, not putting him there just to try to get DeSantis off his game, because without Trump, there was no way to get him off his game. And uh, none of those people had the ability to do that the way Trump, like I said, I think DeSantis would handle it, but uh, the way Trump has the ability to maybe get someone off their game. And I don't know how much longer uh, Trump can go without debating. Do you? Uh, yeah, I mean, that was something that, I heard as well, um, and I really wonder because it's gonna, you know, he's he's used to stealing the show, and like you said, t- sucking the wind out of the whole thing. So it's not a good idea for him to stay out too long. People will kind of tend to forget him. You know what? I I I really hardly thought about him for two hours. It was great. That was like I think the best thing about that is that for two hours I hardly thought about him. It was almost like for two hours it was a world without Trump. That felt great. Actually, we need more of that. Like forever, <laughs> forever. Well, you know, we'll see. I mean, one thing. Uh, who was it? One of the one of the other guys though um, was pushing hard against Trump. I forget who it was, but he. I mean, there were some things that I I also thought were really good in that. Um, they, you know, Pence, for whatever you think about him, at least he, you know, he said something that was true about his. You know, he said that Trump wanted him to, to, you know, to set aside the Constitution in favor of Trump. And Pence said, you know what, I'm not going to do that Constitution all the way, which is a good thing, right, um, to uphold that rather than to, you, to get behind your Well, yeah, your no, the whole idea of and, – and Christie reminded people that Trump did say that the Constitution can be suspended. And he wanted, yeah. he wanted Pence to, to suspend the Constitution that day. 
And he did say that. He did say. So these, these, that's why these Trumpers are so full of shit. They're not conservatives. Conservatives believe in the Constitution. Republicans usually believe in the Constitution, but especially conservatives. So if a Democrat said, if Obama said suspend the Constitution, or if Biden said it, they'd be all over them. All over them. But now, of course, uh-huh. Trump says it, and it's fine, because they, they're, they're, so, they're so sick, man. They believe that that's an exception. It should be suspended for Trump. It's very, it, uh-huh. once again... I'm telling you, books and books and books are going to be written about this psychosis. And I think that, you know, each one of the candidates at least had something salient and relevant to say, like how Pence talked about that his decision to uphold the Constitution rather than siding with Trump when he said suspend the Constitution. Um, maybe because she was a woman, uh, she, the, I forget, oh my, I don't remember her name now, but she had some interesting things to say about abortion, although they weren't too far off from what you've heard from other people. Um, I think it's an interesting idea, um, you know, because a lot of them said the same thing, that it should be left up to each state. Like, they, the, gov- the federal government should not have a heavy hand in saying, you know, deciding what the law should be about abortion. And, of course, every state is going to interpret it differently in what they want to do, and I think that that should be fine. Um, pro-choice um, a lot of people don't agree with that but it's you know an individual's body um, especially what's really crazy though is I had no idea that that places were able to to abort at term like I mean that's just insane yeah and and some Democrats are lying and saying that DeSantis made that up and he doesn't come to California many many legislative many major first of all when you say a party or thinks thinks something should be okay. It doesn't mean every single fucking person in that right. party believes it. But there are too many Democrats who believe, as places like California and New York, that it should be unlimited. The woman should have the choice up until birth. Now, just because it doesn't happen, because most women aren't going to do that kind of thing, doesn't mean right. that's not what these people believe. This is right. what these people believe and what they wish to legislate is that they believe that it should be, there should be no limitations, none. I mean, there are some things that just are abhorrent to anybody. I mean, I'm not uh, left, right, centrist, independent. I'm more like an agnostic when it comes to politics. Like, I have no idea what the hell is going on. But to hear something like people are okay with aborting a baby, it comes out, it's crying. It's like, let's just kill this. It's like, what? That doesn't even, in no world does that even seem... All right, I don't care what side you're on. Right. Left, right, or center. That's just crazy. Exactly. That's insane. And and there's a lot of things like that that, are, that people are espousing that are pretty much just as crazy. Um, that just have no, that you don't even have to be a political to know the difference between right and wrong. And in this case, yeah. good and evil. But, yeah, and, and, and these, these Republicans are supposed to be for law and order, yet they are having fun with mugshots. They're putting up these yeah. mock mugshots of themselves saying they stand with Trump. So if they're oh, for boy. law and order, why aren't they for law and order in this case? Why are they mocking the mugshots? Because they're full of shit. They're for law and order when it suits them. When, they, when it's one of theirs who commits the crime, then, of course, there should be no law and order. And, of course, that's now, unfair justice. I have one question, and then I'll, I'll step down. Sure. Um, but I want to uh, ask, what do you think about – I've heard some people saying, and I even thought it a little bit, that a lot of the the people at the debate didn't say anything 
really pushing against Trump for the most part because, and I think you mentioned it about um, Vivek, mm-hmm. uh, that, um, you know, they, they won't say anything because uh, you think that they're, like, afraid that he actually might somehow win and get past this whole, you know, these indictments and charges mm-hmm. and win, and so they, they might... They want to keep in his good graces so that he'll appoint them either to his vice president or, or to the cabinet somewhere or something like that. But I think Vivek was the only Trump ass kisser up there. I don't think anyone up there was really an ass kissing the way he was. I think I think the fact of the matter is that well, he's not going to. They weren't, but they yeah. didn't really say anything harsh against him except for. I well, when, they, his name when it was brought up about the election and the Constitution, Christie did, right? And Trump yeah. did, and Pence did. But I think and the Pence fact of the matter is, is that. Like DeSantis said, he wants to make it. He believes the best thing to do is make all these debates about the future and policy and what you're going to do for the American people starting in 2025 and not make it about the past and not make it about Trump. That's what Trump wants. He's an egotist. He wants it to be about him. He would have loved two hours of talking about him. But that's not what people want. That's not what Republicans want. That's not what these candidates, that's not what these candidates need to do to get themselves elected. That's not what Ron DeSantis needs to do. See, the rest can really go any direction they want because they're not serious. They're not going to win. Ron DeSantis is going to win. He's the, well, he's the top contender here. So he needs to stay on message. And the rest of them can play this game and talk about Trump. You only talk about him when the moderator asks a question that has to do with the elections, with his yeah. prosecutions. Then, of course, you have to find a way to maybe but even DeSantis is so good that he, he, he can even take questions like that. And what does he well, do? You know. He says, this is what Democrats want us to do. They want us to talk about the past. They want us to talk about the election. They want us to talk about the insurrection. They want us to talk about Trump's drama. That's not going to win us the election. Well, what's right. funny about that is that after DeSantis said that, I forget who it is, but then somebody repeated after that about 2025 because he said it. And then someone else said it right afterwards. I was like, yeah, we should be focusing on 2025. But it was like way after he said it. Because right. I thought when he said that, that, I was like, oh, that's that's great. That's a, I mean, that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. What are we focusing on all this stuff now? We should be focusing on the future, 2025, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. yeah, 2024, 2025, when president right. takes office. And, and then somebody par- parodied that afterwards. So, I yeah. mean, that shows, uh, you know, his strong position there. You know what's going to be hilarious? Or- it's going to be hilarious. And this is way off, but I think it's going to happen. When DeSantis wins, first of all, when he wins the primary, Trump will find a way to say the Republicans cheated him. You know it's going to happen. Okay. But, but, but forget about Trump. When DeSantis wins the general election and beats Joe Biden, then what are the Republicans, what are these Trump supporters going to say? Why didn't the Democrats uh, steal it again? Huh? <laughs> Why not? Well, are, they, are, they, are they all of a sudden going to shut up? That's what I expect. They'll just shut their mouths and not say a goddamn thing because they know they're full of shit. Because winners win and losers lose. That's right. right. Well, thank you, uh, Mike. Right. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Good talking to you. Good yeah. talking to you. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Let me see what we're doing. All right, Lance, I'll get to you in one second. I'll give you the final word. Um, is there anything else I wanted to cover? before um let's see well let's see let's see here let's see well maybe i'll just all right you guys want to talk a little more you know all right you guys want to talk a little bit more all right we'll we'll end the show with a couple of uh i'm I'm just i want you guys to be quick because i want to kind of wrap up the show we have another show tomorrow night if you want to listen in
I'll have two film reviews also at the end of tomorrow night show. Uh, so one is, by the way, uh, Golda. Golda. Helen Mirren is Golda Mayer, and that's coming out tomorrow. So I'll I'll uh, I'll review that tomorrow night. I don't know much about Golda. I don't know much about Golda. Did you? Uh, hold on. Let me go to. I'll give the Lance the last word. So. Hey, no number. Do you want to say something else? You there? No number. Do you want to say something else? Oh, there you are. Okay. Hello? Hi. No, hey, no, you're I... back. You're back. <laughs> you're back. <laughs> I, I, I have to admit that uh, I signed up to talk after you said that Lance was going to have the last word, and I was trying to sneak in and steal the last word from him. Oh, I got to give it to Lance, <laughs> or he'll, he'll get mad. I got to keep, I don't want to be like Trump. I got to keep my word. So I said, <laughs> you know, and, uh, go ahead. <laughs> so do you want you want the next to last word, the penultimate word? Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> I'll make it sound like a big deal. No, no, I, I just want to say uh, thank you for inviting me up to talk. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be turn, tuning into your show uh, a bit more often. Uh, well, I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here usually five nights a week, Monday to Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. So that's usually when I'm around. All right. Well, all you late night people, all you late night, what do you call late owls, late night owls, late, what do you, what do they call those people? Late nighters. Night owls. Night owls. That's it. Night owls. Night owls. Anyway, uh, thank you. Yep. Thank you. Okay. And uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to Lance now. You got it. Thanks. I appreciate it. Hey, Lance, do you know anything about Golda, my ear? Lance, Lance, you're up. Lance has been chopping at. There he is. Gold Golda. Ear, Anything about gold in my uh, ear? Like you know I saw a girl that's got a, a like an earring made out of gold. You mean a gold in no, my ear? No, not gold. My ear. Now, you know oh, what? I thought that you meant gold in my ear. You know, you know what, me. Lance? You know me, Mike. I'm clueless on politics. You just schooled me on all that before oh, you. Oh, shut up! Like you know minutes. what? <laughs> when I was a kid. I really thought her name was Golda My Ear. That's what I thought her name was. I thought it was Golda My Ear. I thought I was joking, but you're dumber than I thought. <laughs> I was like three years old. I was like, Golda My Ear? <laughs> you know, so, but do you know anything about her at all? No, but I'm endeared to Gandhi. Indira Gandhi. Do I know about her? Yeah, she was the prime minister of Israel for a while. No, 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 no. But like, um, like do you have any positives or negatives, any controversies, any... No, but I think she was kind of a Zionist and was kind of working towards the uh, separation of Palestine. I don't think she was too cool about Palestine. Of course, not that any of them have been. So, no, I don't know much about her, however, though. But, Mike, yeah, so anyway. Go ahead. You want to get back? To- Go ahead. Go ahead. What are you good? No, no, I was reading a bunch of articles. Lest you think I was like, what, is he going to call me again? Is he going to call me again? I was reading articles while I was kind of half listening to your to, to your chat there. But uh, you're you're adorable, buddy. You really are adorable. I got to tell you. So, you know, <laughs> you, you, no, you do the same thing every time. So, so, so you give me five or seven minutes. We have a little back and forth. The last time what triggered you was I said something about the sand is going down and you muted me. And then you talked about polls and you talked about all these things I never said and straw manned me better than the Wizard no, of Oz. No, no. I like talking about factual stuff. 
No, no, dude. I got as many facts as you. Don't don't play that with me. I'm sorry, Mike. I'm gonna I'm gonna push back. Now, Mike, I'm not gonna kiss your ass. You know me. I'm gonna be blunt. I'm gonna talk my truth. All right. So I'm gonna tell you. You did the same thing tonight. You do it every time. We get a nice back and forth for a few minutes. Then I said something. I was half kidding, but not totally kidding about Cornell West. And then you had, oh my God, the dumbest guy ever. And you went off ten minutes after. Then you wait, wait, wait. No, come on. Now let me finish. Now then, what you do? This is the classic. What you do? So then you go off for 10 or 12 minutes specifically about what I was saying and then off on other stuff. Then you say, all right, well, let me give Lance, you know, the last word. So I literally get the last, like, word. So I get 30 seconds to try to rebut everything. Wait a minute, You're wait adorable. a minute. Mike, you just Mike, said- Mike, 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 Mike. Lance- I'm on- wait, now let me finish. No, you no, said no. that I, you, no. you were sure... I'm so, you were sure that I thought you run a good show. I give you about a three on a one to ten scale, with all due respect. Oh, great! That's not so bad. It's better than the two you gave me last time. But here's the deal, Lance. Here's the deal. The thing is, is that you just said I put you on twice. I'm a bad guy. I put you on for ten. Minutes. Nobody ever gets a second bite of the place. apple. I am blessed. I bow down to you, oh wise Mo. My- Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I just, dude, I was oh. being ironic and sarcastic. I, irony is not just the mood you get into when you want to when you want to press your shirts. I was being ironic I and sarcastic. <laughs> I don't get irony. I don't get irony, Lance. I don't get sarcasm. I take everything as straight truth. Straight. I'm a straight struder. I don't get any of that ah. stuff. So no, man, I just got to tell you, though, you know, it's like the same. Old- Do you have, you, you know, you know what? Can I just say one quick, 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 quick thing? You know what? You can mute somebody. Right. And then unmute them like after like 20 seconds and then give them 10 seconds. But when you decide enough or last and then you mute me and you scat and bebop all over right. me for 20 minutes as if I'm a fucking idiot. And you talk about shit that I never said. No, you're gonna, I know you're going to come Lance, back. He's today. saying this and he's saying that. No, I'm not saying anything that you said. So I'm sorry. I, you're I, know, t- you, I know you're going to come back again. I know you're going to come back again. So it's different if I unmute you or you already said you only give people one bite at the apple. Buddy, I'm sorry. With all due respect, I love you, but I'm on to you. Okay, it's a shtick. It's a, it's a performance. All right. And you use you use your callers. You use your callers as foils so that you can beam up and scat over them and prove how oh, smart dude. you are you by not letting them have uh, equal. Lands. You don't know what being mean is. All right. I could be really mean. So could I. Big deal. But I'm not. But I'm, do. but I'm not. I I'm, I'm, I'm telling you like it is, buddy. I don't think you I run a good show. And I think that you use your callers as a foil just to prove how I smart you are when you really aren't that smart. Leeway. And your I facts you, aren't any better than I give you much more leeway than I would give you. I don't give a fuck. I'm me. And I don't care how much leeway you give other people. You don't give me the leeway that I deserve and respect that you oh, should respect. That with all due respect. But no. That's your point of view. No, you know. It's your point of view. I let you talk a lot. If you don't think I let you talk a lot, then you don't know anything about talk radio. Because in most nobody radio, goes into my that. room and gets oh, muted Lance. for as long as you do oh. without being able to talk. I Lance, always Lance. give people. Lance, I don't give a fuck about your room. You weren't in talk radio. What the fuck do you know about doing? I don't a give talk a fuck show? if you, you were Rush Limbaugh. Lance, All right, Lance, I don't Lance, care. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. What do you know, Lance? Don't come. First of all, you're on my show and you're cursing. What are you talking about? Do you come to someone's house and curse? Don't be a fucking little scumbag, Lance. Don't be a scumbag, okay? You come into someone else's room and curse at them, and you think what? You think that's acceptable? You think that's good radio? Do you go in someone's house when they invite you in and you argue on something and you tell them to go fuck themselves, that you're the great Lance and you deserve respect in their own house? Do your own fucking show. Talk 24-7. 
I don't care. You know nothing about talk radio. You're a newbie. You know nothing. You are not a professional. You host a room and do a fucking free-for-all. You do a free-for-all. You know what that's called? That's called like a party room. Remember those 80s party rooms where you could call on the phone and 30 people would shout at the same time? That's a party room. That's what those stupid Twitter spaces are. That's what those Twitter spaces are, where 35 people are talking at the same fucking time. That's not a talk show. Listen to a talk show. Turn on a talk show. I know there's no such thing as a radio anymore. Go on the internet. Go on my old radio station, 77 WABC. Go on WFAN. Go on a talk radio station. Each caller gets maybe one to two minutes. One, two, maybe three or four minutes if they're a really good caller, and once a show, maybe once a week. If the, if, the, if, the, if the show's popular and it gets a lot of calls, like 40, 50 calls a show, you're only allowed to call once a week. I work for a guy named Bob Grant, who's one of the best talk show hosts in the history of radio. He would let people come on once per week, Monday to Friday, once. If you called Monday and then you called again Friday, he'd hang up on you. If you did enough, you could never call the show again, okay? But most shows want a show. You don't go on talk radio and hear one person speaking for 30 minutes or coming on 17 fucking times. That's not the way it works. That's not a professional show. So don't tell me how to run a professional show. Take your three lance and shove it where the sun don't shine. Yeah, it's calling with 10 people because people like you do shit shows that aren't professional and no one wants to listen. Maybe if there were more professional shows like this one, people who worked in talk radio who know to do a show, maybe people would listen more. And that's my rant. That's my. Why is there a photo of O.J. Simpson on my Twitter feed? Oh, who had the most gangster mugshot? And one guy thinks O.J. Simpson had the most gangster. No, Donald Trump does not have the most gangster mugshot. Sorry. Sorry, folks. He has the, uh, I'm guilty. I'm a wealthy white guy, and I'm guilty of everything I have been <laughs> indicted on. That's his mugshot. That's what his mugshot. It's very, I'm telling you, I think maybe tomorrow we'll do an opinion. Maybe people haven't seen it yet. But the, the Donald Trump monk shot to me looks like looks like Dick Cheney. Looks like Darth Vader. It does not look good. He should have just done that cheesy smile with his teeth, his fake white teeth. That shit eating grin. That would have been better than the the photo he took. That's all I can say. Retribution is the other film I'm reviewing tomorrow. So you got Golda, you got Mike Golda about Golda Meir, played by Helen Mirren. Uh, by the way, the Jews are very upset. People are very upset when this is what amazes me that people think that acting isn't about playing someone different. That's what acting is about. You play someone different. You don't play yourself. So you could be a Jew and play an Italian. You could be an Italian and play a Jew. You could be a Hindu and play a fucking uh, Middle Eastern. That's what acting is about. All of a sudden now, we're like, oh, to have Jewish characters, got to be Jew actors. The Italian characters, got to be Italian actors. Gangsters have to be real gangsters. They can't be actors who play gangsters. It's so ridiculous. So there's this controversy over um, Oppenheimer. 
right? That they had a, they didn't have a Jew. They had whatever they had, an Irish guy play uh, a Jewish guy. So what? And now with uh, Maestro, the the uh, the film about Leonard Bernstein, right? They're upset because what's his name there had the nose put on prosthetic nose because Bernstein had a prosthetic nose. So Bradley Cooper, who stars as Bernstein and and directed it, had a prosthetic nose put on. So for a while they were like, "Oh, this is anti-Semitic." No, no. Jews have big noses. Not all of them. Many of them do. Leonard Bernstein in particular had a big nose. So Bradley Cooper wants to look as much like Leonard Bernstein as possible and look less like Bradley Cooper as much as possible. And so he did the prosthetic nose. Uh, Okay, finally, the Anti-Defamation League gave it his blessing and said, no, it's not anti-Semitic. It's fine. This is ridiculous. It really is. So now we have Golda. I can't believe I haven't heard outrage at Helen Mirren, a Brit, playing Golda Meir. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't. But Helen Mirren is Golda and Golda Meir. I'll review that tomorrow in Retribution with good old Liam Neeson, playing basically Liam Neeson. No controversy there. All right. Okay. Okay. That's enough for today, I think. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. I want to remind everyone that this show... This talk show format show on callin.com airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific. And because I'm professional, I'm usually right at the minute, unlike most people here. Top right there, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. You can count on me to be there. Not 10 minutes late, not a half hour late. 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. So which means I'll see you tomorrow night. Big Friday night show of calls and screaming and politics and movies. Until then, though, until tomorrow night, this is Mike Kachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.